Welcome into Words with Wallace. I'm your host, Nick Wallace, coming at you. It is Monday, February 26th. What is up, everybody? Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the return of the NBA regular season as much as I have. That was a pretty long all-star break, uh, pretty miserable one at that, but we definitely do not need to spend any more time talking about NBA All-Star Weekend because, again, the NBA is back in action. We had a lot of different events take place over the last week. Clippers got a new logo. It was about damn time for that. Check that out if you guys haven't already seen it already. My Celtics are red hot, just polished off eight in a row, so we're certainly excited about that. I did just watch the end of Pistons-Knicks a little bit, maybe about 20 minutes ago at this point in time. That was one of the dumbest losses I've seen from the entire season on behalf of the Detroit Pistons. But then again, that's why we're still looking at single-digit wins in late February here. And then, of course, we did have another little altercation, a little fistfight action between the Heat and the Pelicans, if you can really even call it that, that resulted in a couple guys suspended. So with that being said, it was definitely an eventful week in the NBA. Those are just a couple of the highlights, if you will. But that being said, I just was taking a look at the NBA standings today, and I'm like, I cannot believe there's only 25 games left for basically every team at this point in time. So we really are looking at the last quarter of the season. The home stretch is upon us. And that being said, I felt like this would be a really valuable time to take a much closer look at the NBA awards. And now that reason is because obviously we have a huge sample size to work with, but again, this is kind of nut crunch time for the season, right? None of these awards have really been decided, I would say. And so I just wanted to go through the odds, see what's out there, and really go through the exercise of like, hey, if I had to pick today who I expect to win the award, who would that be? And then secondarily, if I had to pick the best value for all of these awards based on what odds are available, uh, we will talk about what picks those would be as well. So... This should be a relatively quick pod, but a fun pod at that. Hopefully that, you know, you guys out there that do like to bet on these awards, you know, can log on to FanDuel Sportsbook or whatever online betting provider, maybe fly out to Vegas, whatever that looks like for you. I am in Texas, so I'm surprised they even let me access the FanDuel Sportsbook odds here. Uh, but that being said, that is going to be the odds makers for all of these are going to be courtesy of FanDuel Sportsbook, and we will go from there. So let's start off with the most boring award, right? We got to start slow, uh, build suspense over time, and talk about Coach of the Year, right? And this, this award's kind of funny because, like, like I've said before on this podcast, really, this award always represents what coach did the most with the least, right? What coach exceeded expectations the most during the regular season, right? And so the odds for Coach of the Year are as follows. Uh, Mark Dagno of the Oklahoma City Thunder is leading the way at minus 140, followed by Chris Finch of the Timberwolves at plus 250. Then Joe Mazzula of the Celtics at plus 950. J.B. Bickerstaff of the Cleveland Cavaliers, who almost lost his job a couple months ago, is plus 1,600. Followed by Ty Lue, also plus 1,600. And then Rick Carlisle is the last one we will talk about at plus 2,900. So that being said, once I read all those awards, I don't really think anything really sticks out to me. Obviously, Mark Dagnall being the favorite, that would also be my best pick, right? If I had to guess who would ultimately win Coach of the Year, I do think Mark Dagnall of the Oklahoma City Thunder, currently the odds-on favorite, would be my choice for that. That being said, I do think that there's a pretty solid, sneaky value pick that is out there. And that's a guy by the name of Doc Rivers. No, I'm, I'm kidding. It's obviously not Doc Rivers. He's had a pretty tumultuous start to his tenure with the Bucks, and I, I'm sure there's not even odds out for Doc Rivers. That being said, if you actually scroll down a little bit more than any of the names that I read, Tom Thibodeau is sitting there at plus 4,900. He was actually plus 4,000 at the time I actually took my notes for this, so his odds actually went up. That being said, Tibbs sitting there at plus 4,900 
seems like a really solid value to me because again, you just gotta think that there's always heightened attention around the Knicks. And again, the folks that are voting on these awards, they can't help but fall victim to the media bias. That kind of goes into play here when we're talking about what teams get the most coverage. The Knicks are obviously on that short list. And I do feel like they've had a really solid season. They're currently like a top four seed in the Eastern Conference. So that being said, if they string off a couple of wins, and Thibodeau's obviously won this award at least once, maybe twice before, I could easily see him winning it again. Now, again, it is a long shot, and this is, again, a value pick at plus 4,900. That is insane value for Tibbs. I just think if you are going to toss any money out there on Coach of the Year, you might as well do it on a guy like Tibbs because I don't think the the value of picking a guy like Mark Dagnall of Oklahoma City Thunder at minus 135 really does make a ton of sense in that situation. Moving on here, let's talk about the Clutch Award. Again, this is the newest NBA award that they just put into place last season. So let's kind of talk about who won it last year. Of course, the only winner of this award in NBA history is De'Aaron Fox, who won it for the Kings last year. And if you go to NBA.com, they do a really great job of kind of breaking out all like the clutch stats, right? And in this field specifically, there is one guy that is leaps and bounds ahead of the rest of the pack, and that's Steph Curry. So let's go through the odds real quick and just talk about just how skewed these odds are. Steph Curry is obviously the odds on favorite at minus 340. Shea is the second favorite to win it at plus 750, followed by Damian Lillard at plus 1000. Then there's DeMar DeRozan at plus 2500. Luca at plus 3,500, and Jalen Brunson at plus 3,500 as well. So those are the top candidates for the awards. And again, if you look at every metric, Steph is just like lapping the field. I think he has over 50 more points in clutch situations, again, according to NBA.com, than nearly any other candidate. He has the highlight performances, right? He's had a 60-point game. He's had some really great finishes and some game winners this season as well. So that being said, I would never bet against Steph if I had to tell you who I think will win this award. I do think Steph obviously ends up getting it. But again, if you are looking for a value play, Steph is certainly not that at minus 340. There's not a ton of value there. But if you scroll down a bit more, just like I did for Coach of the Year, my long shot that I actually kind of like for Clutch Player of the Year, believe it or not, is De'Aaron Fox, the only player to, again, win this award in NBA history. Of course, he did win this award for the first time last year. Darren Fox is plus 1,200, which is kind of nuts to think about because at least he is in like the top 5 to 10 of all those clutch stats. And we do know that, hey, if you are betting on this award, you're betting on Darren Fox or whoever you're betting on to have some really memorable performances down the stretch where they maybe have a couple game winners. You just really want to bet on a team that's competitive and plays in close games. And really any team in the Western Conference at this point in time is going to check those boxes. And that being said as well, you also want to pick a guy that you know is going to have the ball in his hands at the end of games. And we obviously saw Darren Fox all of last year, despite how amazing Sabonis has been this year as well, basically nearly averaging a triple-double at this point in time. It's a guards game. And so that being said, I feel like the ball is going to be in De'Aaron Fox's hands to close games, just like it was all of last year. And you can do a lot worse than De'Aaron Fox at plus 1,200 for an absolute long shot, or, or plus 12,000, I should say. I might have said that wrong before. He's plus 12,000 to win clutch awards. So probably not going to happen, but if you are looking to bet on the award, I don't think the value lies within Steph. So you might as well throw it out there for a guy like De'Aaron Fox. Moving on, let's talk about Sixth Man of the Year. This is an award that was won, of course, by Malcolm Brogdon of the Celtics last year. And let's go through some of the top candidates for the award according to the odds on FanDuel Sportsbook right now. So leading the pack, the odds-on favorite to win Sixth Man of the Year as of right now is Malik Monk at minus 145, followed by Tim Hardaway Jr. at plus 380. Then you have Norm Powell at plus 550. 
Karis LeVert at plus 1,900. Russell Westbrook at plus 2,300. Nas Reed at plus 2,300. Bogdan Bogdanovich at plus 3,400. I'm just wasting breath at this point because none of these guys that I just named are going to win the award. I think it really is like a three-horse race right now between Malik Monk, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Norman Powell. Tim Hardaway Jr. is actually averaging the most points per game out of any of those three, but he has been on a bit of a slide lately. Like, he was just absolutely on fire to start the year for the Mavericks, and he was shooting better than he ever had before in his 10-year career. And he's really cooled off as of late, and I just think that with some of the assets that the Mavericks got around the trade deadline, maybe his usage rate dips a little bit. But bottom line, Tim Hardaway Jr. has never been that guy, so I don't think he's going to continue to be that guy. That being said, there is a guy that sticks out to me on this list that I think not only... If I had to pick somebody to win, the award will win, and I think he's my value pick, and that's Norm Powell. Again, being listed at plus 550, playing on a super competitive team in the Los Angeles Clippers. I believe the Clippers are in basically like a four-way tie at the top of the Western Conference at this point in time. They're right there with the Timberwolves, with the Thunder, with the Nuggets. They're all within about two games of each other at this point in time. Except Norm Powell, again, he does play in the biggest market. I know the Clippers are like a second-rate team in Los Angeles. That's just the sad reality of the situation. But Norm Powell's a bucket, and he's averaging better shooting percentages across the board than Malik Monk. That being said, his, his scoring is a little bit lower, and he definitely doesn't make nearly as many plays, averaging like three or four less assists per game than Malik Monk. But that being said, I just feel like the Clippers are a higher attention team. I expect them to finish the season a bit stronger than the Sacramento Kings. And Norm Powell, every single time he gets an opportunity, shines. You know, Paul George was out the other game, and, and he stepped into the starting lineup, immediately put in 20-something points. That being said, Norm Powell's just a bucket, and I just think that the value lies with him, and I think he'd be my pick to outright win the award as well, and you could do a lot worse than Norm Powell at plus 550. Moving on, let's talk about most improved. Now, if you guys have been listening to Words with Wallace for a while, hopefully you locked in this most improved pick before the season, because Tyrese Maxey is the odds-on favorite to win this award, and he was my pick well before the season when his odds were much better than what they were right now. But let's just run through what the most improved player odds are at this point in time. Again, on Monday, February 26th. Tyrese Maxey's leading the way at minus 270, followed by Kobe White at plus 470. Jonathan Kaminga is right there as well at plus 1,400. Then you got Shangood at plus 1,400 as well. Jalen Williams of the Thunders at plus 1,900. And then Scotty Barnes of the Toronto Raptors is plus 9,500 as well. So again, I think for this race as of right now, there's a few guys that come to mind because most improved is really one of those that's open to interpretation, right? What we've seen in the past is sometimes there is a role player that really takes a leap and, and usually those guys kind of fall short to the bigger name that maybe got marginally better. Like with Tyrese Maxey, it wasn't hard to figure out that if you remove James Harden and all his touches per game from the team that Tyrese Maxey, by nature, with, with the growth and trajectory of his career before this year, that he was going to take a huge step forward. So I thought he was a really good pick to win this award. And that's why I picked him before the season. So obviously, if I had to guess who ends up winning this award in a couple months, it's definitely going to be Tyrese Maxey. But if you do want to find that value pick, you would have to scroll down a bit more and go through more names than I actually read. I actually have for my value pick as Jalen Johnson at plus 10,000. He might have actually made the largest leap to his actual game this season from what I've seen anyway. He's been so impressive for the Atlanta Hawks this year. And he does have a pretty unique opportunity on his hands because Trey Young, at the time of recording this just earlier today or maybe yesterday at this point in time, it was announced that Trey Young is going to miss at least a month with a finger injury. I believe there was some sort of muscular tear there or something weird like that. But that being said, the Hawks are in a, in a weird spot, right? We all know the Hawks have been really one of the most disappointing teams all season long. And 
Without Trey Young, there could be like this Ewing theory thing that kind of transpires at this point in time with the Hawks being obviously down their best player on paper. There's a lot of things that the Hawks can do a lot better defensively now, now that they don't have to hide Trey Young. They do have a lot of long athletes out there, and Jalen Johnson's certainly one of them. And if his usage rate on the offensive end sees a major increase without Trey Young present, I could see the Hawks maybe going on a little bit of a run without Trey Young. Who knows? Maybe just changing that variable makes the team a little bit better. And by nature, more people pay attention to the Hawks. Maybe Jalen Johnson, who's already had a really solid statistical season, has his numbers get even stronger with that increased usage rate. So again, I think plus 10,000 for Jalen Johnson is actually really good value if you're obviously willing to throw a long shot out there. I just think he makes a little bit more sense as that type of bet rather than going for Tyrese Maxey at plus 270 at this point in time. Moving on to what I think is easily the biggest shit show, that has to be Defensive Player of the Year. Let's talk about it, right? Because the odds for this are all over the place. I believe Jaron Jackson Jr. of the Memphis Grizzlies actually won this award last year. And this is one that's really open to interpretation, right? You have a bunch of different types of defenders on this list. Do you, you know, value the counting stats? Do you value you know, defensive switchability and versatility like I typically do when looking at this award? But overall, we're, we don't really care exactly the thought process going into this award, we just care about who ultimately is going to be hoisting the Defensive Player of the Year award in a couple of months. So let's go through the odds and talk about it. Rudy Gobert is the odds-on favorite at minus 750, followed by Jared Allen at plus 1,600. Then you have Wemby at plus 1,600 as well. Chet Holmgren is listed at plus 4,000. Anthony Davis is plus 5,000, as well as Bam Adebayo and Derek White uh, are right there with Anthony Davis also plus 5,000. So... Let's talk about it, right? Again, I understand why Gobert is the odds-on favorite. He has been a part of what has been far and away the league's best defense at this point in time in the Minnesota Timberwolves, and he's the anchor of it all, right? But that being said, he's actually not my pick to outright win this award, and he's certainly not the value pick either. My pick outright, and I think the value pick, lies within Victor Wembenyama. Wemby is on an absolute tear on really both ends of the court lately, but especially in terms of blocking shots. I'm just going to read to you his block totals over the last five games. It was five, 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 three, ten. Those are his block totals in the last five games. Absolutely insane stuff. One of those games, he did put up a five by five, totaling at least five in all these statistical categories, points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. Now, I'm not saying that Wemby should win Defensive Player of the Year, when you consider that the Spurs have, are probably ranked in the high 20s in every defensive metric. Meanwhile, the Timberwolves have been, again, the best defense all year long, and Rudy Gobert has been an important anchor of that defense. But that being said, I'm just trying to put my head in the minds of the voters, right? And we're all so infatuated with Wemby to begin with because he is so exciting to watch. And it does get to the point where, like, look, let's call it what it is. Defense is hard to quantify, and when you only have two counting stats that are commonplace to go off of for this award, and Wemby is easily going to be leading the league in blocks, and he's going to be certainly higher than Rudy Gobert in terms of steals as well, that just puts him in a really convincing spot to ultimately win this award. And again, he's so young, right? He's like, what, 19, 20 years old or something like that? Like, he's actively getting better on both ends of the court every game. And if he finishes the year extremely strong like I expect him to, I expect him to finish the season a lot better than what he started it. I have no idea why his odds are so low for Defensive Player of the Year, given his performances over the last couple of weeks. But plus 1,600 for Wemby seems like a fantastic pick outright. And especially when you consider the value, he is who I would go with as well. 
Let's move on to Rookie of the Year. Again, I know we just talked about Victor Wembanyama. Spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about him again when it comes to the Rookie of the Year race as well. So obviously last year, Paulo came away with this award. And this is really a two-horse race at this point in time. Let's just go through the odds anyway so we can talk about it. It is Victor Wembanyama, who's the odds-on favorite, at minus 600, followed by Chet Holmgren at plus 500. And then the next closest person is Brandon Miller at plus 15,000. So, Nick, who's the value pick? Who do you think is going to win? It, it's Wemby. It's always been Wemby. Wemby was my pick before the season, even when people were really expecting Chet to win this award for probably like month two through three of the season. I feel like Chet would probably probably was the favorite to win this award, and certainly in conversations I had, it sounded like a lot of people expected him to win the award. I think the answer is outright Wemby. Like, I understand there's an argument to be made for Chet because he is an important part of an extremely competitive team in the Western Conference. But when it comes to Rookie of the Year, like, what are the expectations that you have? Like, Victor Wembanyama is not just going to join the Spurs and suddenly turn them into a playoff team. Like, the reason Chet is a part of such a good team is because he has an MVP candidate right there with Shea. Jalen Williams has been unbelievable. They're extremely well coached. They're deep throughout. Everyone on their roster can create with the ball, etc. Right? There's a ton of basketball reasons as to why the Thunder are better than the Spurs, who I think were easily the least talented team in the NBA before picking up Victor Wembanyama last offseason. So, that being said... I think Wemby should win it because he's been just the most impressive rookie outright. He's going to have basically every single statistical argument as well. And I think the media is just really obsessed with Wemby. I know that I am. So not only is he my pick to outright win this award, who I think is going to be getting it, he would still be my value pick, even though he's minus 600. Because really the only other person that has a remote shot at this award is Chet at plus 500. And I just, again, I don't think he's going to get it. So I'm not going to recommend him. And even his value isn't that great at plus 500. Like, sure, you could say Brandon Miller because maybe there's a world in which he wins the award. But knock on wood, it would probably require an injury to Wemby, Chet, or both of them for him to even come away with it. I do think Brandon Miller has been really impressive, especially over the last month or so. But that being said, it's Wemby. The, the answer is Wemby. It's always going to be Wemby. And I would be extremely surprised if he's not the one hoisting up the Rookie of the Year trophy in a couple of months. Let's move on to the big kahuna, man. MVP. Let's talk about it, right? A lot of names out there. And really, this award is super close. And, and I'm going to say outright before we even get into the odds, I think this could go a lot of different ways. I think it is currently a four-horse race uh, with four guys I could even consider a world in which they win it. But let's talk about it. You have Jokic as the current odds-on favorite at minus 155. Followed by Shea at plus 220, Luka at plus 700, Giannis at plus 1500, and then the next name on this list is Jason Tatum at plus 4000. As much as I love Tatum, I just, I don't think there's a world in which he wins it. Again, I think his counting stats have actually decreased a little bit compared to last season, just because the usage has dipped a little bit. And that being said, everyone just kind of looks at the Celtics as a super team, because they are, and I know he's going to be the best player on the best team, which is oftentimes an argument that is leaned on when it comes to MVP, but I just don't think people respect Tatum like that for whatever reason. Again, I've actually found myself defending Tatum in some conversations over the past couple weeks because he's my guy. I don't think he is in that upper tier of NBA superstar, but whatever that second tier of superstars is, Jason Tatum's at the top of the list, and, and I can't complain about him as a Celtics fan. That being said, I just don't think people respect his game enough where he's going to end up winning the MVP, and he's just on a, such a loaded roster that it really works against him for the sake of this award. So let's cross off Tatum. Now we're 
we're looking at again. Jokic is Giannis on favorite. Shea right there. Luka right there. And then Giannis, who could sneaky be a value play at plus 1,500. I know the Bucks have been the center of a lot of talks with them going through the midseason coaching change, you know, starting the year terribly on defense. And even the first five or seven games with Doc were absolutely terrible. And they turned it around. I think they've won their last two games at this point in time for the Bucks. That being said, Giannis is still Giannis, right? The stats are off the charts. He's incredible to watch on both ends of the court. There's definitely not a superstar in the league that plays harder than Giannis any given night, and there might not be a player in the NBA that plays harder than Giannis. So while I do think you could make the argument for Giannis as the value play, I'm actually not going to say that he is a value play or my pick outright. When it comes down to my pick for MVP in terms of who I think will end up winning this award and my value pick, I think both roads lead to the same person, and that's Luka Doncic, right? At plus 700 to win MVP, I think that value is insane. And I think in my mind right now, I think Jokic, Shea, and Luka all have somewhat equal chances, right? Except the difference is with Luka, I think his team is finally trending in the right direction. And I think the narrative of the talent he has around him is so much less than Shea and Jokic that I think that narrative can, again, work in Luka's favor when it comes to Who's going to get the most votes in a couple of months here? As much as I'm not super bullish on the moves that the Mavs made at the trade deadline in terms of their long-term outlook, in the short term, it definitely makes them a better team. And Luka is everything to that team, man. And he's averaging 34 points a game. He's got a nearly three-point cushion on Shea, which is absolutely insane. He's up there in assists. He's up there in boards. The guy's getting 40-point triple-doubles left and right. Like, the numbers are just eye-popping with him. And I know a lot of that is because the usage rate is also, of course, leading the NBA. But he is everything to that team and so that being said I just feel like again with him Shea and Jokic being kind of equals in my mind right now except Luka has the best odds he is again my easy pick at this point in time to ultimately win this award and again for the value at plus 700 you can't go wrong with picking Luka for MVP at this point in time which is pretty fascinating right because I think MVP is normally one of those awards that has to be obviously the most bet on of any of the individual player awards that we're talking about right now so the fact that I think you can actually find some decent value with Luka at plus 700 is saying something so if you're thinking about it and you want to throw some money on MVP I would not hesitate to put some money down for Luka. And then finally, I know we've exhausted all of the individual awards at this point in time. We have to talk about the NBA championship, right? Just for shits and giggles, let's go through who is favorited to win the finals at this point in time and give you some of the best odds. And we'll go through the same exercise, right? I'll give you my pick for who ultimately I think will win the title and then where the value lies as well. So some of the teams at the top, you have the Celtics at plus 230, followed by the Nuggets at plus 440, the Clippers at plus 500, the Bucks at plus 650, the Suns at plus 1,400, Knicks at plus 2,100, Timberwolves plus 2,300, the Thunder are notable, as well as the Cavs at plus 2,500, Sixers at plus 3,000, Mavs at plus 3,300, Warriors at plus 3,600, Miami Heat at plus 4,200, and Lakers at plus 5,000. So I know I threw a shitload of numbers at you, but the reason that I went down that far is because I actually think my value pick is the Los Angeles Lakers. At plus 5,000, that's actually insane that the Lakers' odds are that low. You'd think because they are the most popular franchise in the NBA that they would get like an additional boost and maybe their odds would be a little bit lower than you would expect. But for their odds to be that high is absolutely insane. And in terms of like thinking back to the tier list exercise I did a couple of weeks ago, I really just went through all of my contenders and picked the team with the best odds that was still in that contenders tier. And despite the, the fact that the Lakers were kind of right on the bubble of, of that, I do think there's a world in which they win an NBA title as crazy as it sounds. So if you're looking for a long shot, you got to go with the Lakers at plus 5,000. I think that's obviously really strong value for the Los Angeles Lakers. 
And then ultimately my pick, if I had to say outright, Nick, who's winning the championship, you know I got to still go with my Celtics, man, at plus 230. Not terrible odds. It's not great odds. I mean, I think them and Denver is kind of a coin flip. And so I wouldn't necessarily bet on the Celtics unless you're a fan like me, man, because why not? This is definitely our year. So that just about does it, guys. I wanted to go through a quick podcast, kind of go through the NBA awards snapshot, and I'm just going to highlight and recap all of my picks again real quick. For coach of the year, I think the best pick is Mark Dagnall at minus 135, but the value pick is Tom Thibodeau at plus 4,900. For the clutch award, I think the best pick is Steph at minus 340, but Darren Fox is the best value at plus 12,000. Sixth man of the year, the best pick is Norm Powell at plus 550, and he is my value pick as well. Most improved, the best pick is Tyrese Maxey at minus 270, but the value pick is Jalen Johnson at plus 10,000. Defensive player of the year, I have the best pick and the value as Wemby at plus 1,600. If there was any bet of any single award, I think that's the one right there is Wemby at plus 1,600 for defensive player of the year. Rookie of the year, the best pick and the value pick, again, both Wemby at minus 600. MVP, again, the best pick and the value pick. I have both of those categories as Luka at plus 700. And the NBA champs, the best pick is the Celtics at plus 230. And the value pick is the Lakers in plus 500. So that just about does it for me, guys. Next week, I am going to try to bring a guest on to get a little conversation, a little bit back and forth about one of the hottest teams in the NBA. So before I let you go, guys, be sure to follow at Words with Wallace on everything that includes Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. On social media, you can find me at Words with Wallace on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. So be sure to toss the show a follow there as well. And I will talk to you guys next week. Peace.